Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Fans, welcome back for the Working Fans Comedy Cast, episode 44. And this week, we're going to be doing a 531 on romantic comedies. Working Fans Comedy Cast, episode 44, and we are trying something new. When we tape our 531s, we are going to do a live stream video while we record it, at least for the comedy right now. This might branch out into other forms of the podcast but then this same audio will still be in the comedy cast episode for the week just giving us a little more live content out there and next week we are going to be doing a 531 on sketch comedy shows that'll release on december 21st and then on december 28th we will be doing our year-end special talking about the comedy cast over the year because 2021 has kind of been the year of the comedy cast. We started out with our second episode where we interviewed comedian Nathan Wallace. Yeah, good old Nathan Wallace, man. Oh, where's the time gone? We missed you, Nathan. We almost gave up on the comedy cast for a little bit, and then we came back stronger, hit a roadblock, and we'll talk about that in the year-end episode. I'm stronger. <laughs> yes. You will probably see it a little bit in this episode on top romantic comedies, but surprised us a little bit we had some fans that are big fans of romantic comedies and they came out with the lists they showed up as they said and showed out <laughs> we are ready 100 now the first list i got is from kevin irvine and he's got never been kissed she's all that the girl next door the breakup and 10 things i hate about you Okay, the breakup is that a uh, what's his name Seth Rogen film? That was a newer one, I believe. Oh. Maybe Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston. Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston. No, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. I just remember I just only saw part of that, and there's a line in there where he's calling like her sister a slut or something, and <laughs> Aniston's like, "She's been through a lot," and he's like, "Of dicks." And I just okay, I always remembered that. He used like, that same line during his divorce. That's things like yeah. I don't know. She needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the movies that stood out for me from this list was 10 Things I Hate About You. 1999 movie with Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. And I couldn't remember exactly what it was about, so I looked up a couple of these movies. This was one, and Kat Stratford, Julia Stiles, is a beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens, meaning that she doesn't attract many boys. Unfortunately for her younger sister, Bianca, played by Larissa Olenek, house rules say that she can't date until she cat has a boyfriend. So strings are pulled to set the dour damsel up for a romance. Soon cat crosses paths with oh, from new arrival, Patrick Verona, AKA mm. Heath Ledger, AKA the Joker. And the final thing is, will cat let her guard down enough to fall for the effortlessly charming Patrick that got a 70% on rotten tomatoes but a 69% audio audience score. 
Got an eighty percent of my heart. Woo! He's <laughs> gonna go back to that for all the late nineties nostalgia. Saucy. All right, I got Aaron Patrick who messaged us and told us that rom-coms are his personal favorite type of movie. And if you need a guess, I'm 100% in. However, I messaged him at the very last minute, and I wasn't able to get him. That's on me. But thank you, Eric. We got 27 Dresses, She's All That, Tin Cup, 10 Things I Hate About You, and Always Be My Baby. Heath Ledger, we talked about him already. He's in 10 Things I Hate About You. You know, that's a that was actually kind of a good movie. I always remember there's, there's like a part where he serenades her or something. And, oh, yeah, it's like, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. That's how I got all the ladies, Joe, back in the day. <laughs> Thing of jams. And if you listen to the podcast, you know Dave likes to sing. I love the song. I love the ladies. Tin Cup. I remember that was Kevin Costner. I didn't see it, but it's about golf, basically. I yeah, it was say. a golf movie. Now, I actually, it's funny you brought up 27 Dresses because that was one I wasn't familiar with. Mm. And it stars Catherine Heigl from Knocked Up and perennial bridesmaid Jane Catherine Heigl always puts the needs of others before her own, making her the go-to girl whenever someone needs help with their wedding plans. So when Jane's younger sister, Tess, played by Malin Ackerman, snags the man, Edward Burns, that Jane secretly loves, Jane finds herself questioning her role as a wedding junkie for the first time in her life. Meanwhile, a handsome reporter, played by James Marsden, sees Jane's unusual story as his ticket off the bridal beat. Now that got a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 57% audience score. That is good. Well, fuck him. <laughs> Next <laughs> list I got is from Dame Ladford. He's got Bewitched, Crazy Stupid Love, Date Movie, Love and Other Drugs, and a classic, Sleepless in Seattle. Bewitched. That would have been the one with Will that Ferrell. That is the modern remake with Will Ferrell. And I yeah. believe Nicole Kidman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that with a girl named Mary. Mary was one of the girls who got away from me early on. I mean, she was quick. I tried to get her, and I was like, hey, Mary, come here. And she's like, ah, are you kidding me? <laughs> Never again. But nonetheless. Yeah, uh, she Jim couldn't Moore. run fast because she wears sandals. <laughs> quick, though. She was still quick. Jim Moore got us a list, and he just said, I'm not a fan, so fuck him. <laughs> he also said, though, but I love all of me with Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. Know anything about that movie? I did not look that up. I did look up a different steve martin movie and we will get to that later all right all right all right why don't you go another list then that's that's all to me Jim now the next list i got is from michael lindstrom and he's got annie hall the artist the princess bride say anything in juno the artist i don't know that one the artist that came out within the last 10 years i'd say and that was the modern remake of a silent movie hmm if you haven't watched it, it is amazing. I own it. Got it on Blu-ray. Love it. Interesting. Juno, I remember. That's where the little girl got pregnant there. Got all knocked up and shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> isn't uh, Michael uh, Sarah's there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> that asshole. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty funny. I like him. He knows uh, what he did. He knows what he did. I got a list here from Raul Perez. Boomer humor. <laughs> I like okay. that. He's got Son About Mary, Princess Bride, another classic, When Harry Met Sally, Bedazzled, Love Actually. Okay. Something About Mary, incredibly funny. Love the whole stuff with Ben Stiller. And, yeah, and we Harry went over that in the Ben Stiller episode. We loved it. 
Yep. Princess Bride's a classic. When Harry Met Sally is another classic, especially for romantic comedies. Love Actually. I feel that's a Hugh Grant film. Mm, I did not look that one up, of it course. Is. I don't know Bedazzled, though. That one definitely got me, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, did he just misspell Bewitched? But no, I'm no. sure Bedazzled is actually a movie. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah I didn't misspell Bewitched. <laughs> Let's Love see. Actually. Love Actually, Nine oh. Intertwined Stories. Hugh Grant is in it. Examine the complexities that one emotion that connects us all love. Look, come on, 03, 04. Yeah, that was an 03 movie. Yeah, I was got in 246.8 million at the box office. I was chasing a little girl named Stephanie at that time. I caught her for a little while, but then eventually, just like all of them, she escaped. She was eventually, like, oh. she got into AJ's. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing, man. Anyway, is it? That's all right. I had boomer humor. Yeah, okay. So we do already stuff left, actually. What else you got, brother? Oh, next up, I got Al Shafir, who's got knocked up mm-hmm. when Harry met Sally. Train wreck, splash, and chasing Amy. Okay, so knocked up. I dated this girl for about six years. We even owned the house together for a little bit. And the first movie we ever went out to saw together was knocked up. <laughs> now that didn't work out well. She ended up being really crazy and a bitch, and I had to call the cops on her. And she broke all my wrestling DVDs. And, and Dave's uh, never bounced back since. She did say something to me. I remember one time she said to me, you'll appreciate this. Oh, I don't know how I want to word this, but basically I said something about why well, you upset that I didn't sow my wild oats because I hadn't really been with a lot of people at that time. And she's like, nah, I'm not upset. She says, actually, you know what? I am upset. I wish you did sow your oats. Then maybe you know how to fuck. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's what I was living with. That was the woman. <laughs> she had my heart, Joe. <laughs> Well, thank God the new lady doesn't talk to you that way. And she does not. Even the one after that didn't talk to me that way. <laughs> that was the one and only. <laughs> you know, the next person who doesn't talk to us that way is Rick Page, who's got Roxanne. Roxanne! <laughs> Sorry. Knocked up. Sleepless in Seattle. She's all that. And the Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Making a few lists. Yeah. Like end up being the one in the end here i actually did look up roxanne because i remember this as the movie with steve martin right steve martin with the big ass nose mm. oh shit we got a viewer how you doing kathleen f-u-a-f-i-i she loved dave's last story she's like i gotta comment after that this asshole's talking shit now, Roxanne came out in 87. It's the modern take on Edmund Rostrand's classic play, Cyrano de Bergerac. And in the movie, C.D. Bales, played by Steve Martin, is the witty, intelligent, and brave fire chief of a small Pacific Northwest town who, due to the size of his enormous nose, declines to pursue the girl of his dreams, lovely Roxanne Kowalski, Daryl Hannah. Mm. Instead, when his shy underling, Chris McConnell, played by Rick Rossovich, likely story becomes smitten with roxanne bales feeds him the words of love to win her heart this got an 88 percent on rotten tomatoes 63 percent audience score and we've seen the cyrano de bergerac tale done in countless cartoons and other shows where somebody doesn't know how to talk to the girl there's a guy hiding that feeds him the lines classic story stands out as one of those steve martin movies one of the all-time great steve martin 
Big ass nose. That's what I heard. Check that out. Hundred <laughs> percent. I was looking at his VOA abbreviation. I was trying to figure out. What'd you find out? I don't know. I saw like Voice of America, and I didn't. Maybe maybe hey, you, you are the Voice of America. Thank you. Telling girls to get the fuck out when they talk bad. <laughs> Let them know. There was this accountant I had. Oh God, I don't. I won't Andy Walsh. No, not him. But I remember I was talking to Andy about him one time, and I was like, "What happened to that guy? He was kind of a loose cannon." And he goes, "Well, apparently he yelled at his girlfriend at a Christmas party, and they fired him." And I was like, "Oh, I was wondering if we could hire from hire him for something." And he goes, "Well." He yelled at his girlfriend, so we know he doesn't take any shit. <laughs> I was like, all right, Andy. Andy Romantic doesn't take comedies, any shit bro. either. <laughs> Romantic comedies. All right. Randy, no, I was- If you came here th- thinking this was going to be a feel-good show about romantic comedies, nah. Got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave Penfuck, your Saturday up. <laughs> Randy Osgood chiming in. He's got a list here. Chase and Amy. Okay, that's been on a few lists now. When Harry met Sally, also on a list. I don't know if you're keeping tally this week, but Groundhog Day. I am Day. not, but I've got a pretty good idea of what's leading the pack. Yeah, 51st Dates, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and as a bonus, oh, Randy, coming to America. My man, I didn't even think to put that down there, but that's right. He's what on a list of top romantic comedies, and since we're not like AJ Strange, Brew, we'll allow the extra pick. We will. <laughs> Now, Kelly Kaufman, she put Never Been Kissed, The Princess Bride, Sleepless in Seattle, Say Anything, and Knocked Up. I got Randy Miller. Actually, hold on a second. I have his list, but I'm going to go a little more in detail with my boy Randy Miller. Randy uh, was not a fan of this genre, and uh, this is what he had to say about it before we went into it. Mm. Dave, I hate you right now for two reasons. One, I despise this film genre. I would rather watch... Hurricane Human Centipede for 100 hours straight and watch a rom-com. And two, I actually had to watch some of these movies in order to make a list. You really have to search hard to find diamonds in these crap piles. May God have mercy on your soul. And then Randy told me when I said, well, you don't have to do this. He said, I'm too deep now. All right. So at that, that point, Randy Miller provided me a list. So all the people who love this, <laughs> this was Randy Miller. I won't be giving out his actual birth date or his address. I'm a fan of him and I like him. I went broad in my definition of rom-com. Number five, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Four, when Harry met Sally. Three, forgetting Sarah and Marshall. Two, pretty woman. And number one, the 40-year-old virgin. I think we all like to remember forgetting Sarah and Marshall, especially in that beginning scene where you can see his little penis. And they ain't very erect and he's like trying to show off everybody. That's the important thing. Let's remember that. Dave loves Jason, that scene. Jason Siegel, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess it'd be Siegel. I was gonna say Seagal, but I guess at that point, uh, Seagal. I know it isn't. <laughs> I actually know the. I heard the man's name enough times. I was a fan of How I Met Your Mother. It's not a movie, but it was a romantic. Comedy. No, that was a good show. That would be like a romantic comedy sitcom if we ever had. Right. Ooh, I feel a list now. Of- I looked up How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. That's a 2003 yeah. movie, mm-hmm. and in that movie, an advice columnist, Andy Anderson, played by Kate Hudson tries pushing the boundaries of what she can write about in her new piece about oh. how to get a man to leave you in 10 days. Take note, Tyler Peters. Always <laughs> going to push those boundaries. Oh. Now her editor, Londa, Lana, BB Newerth, loves it, and Andy goes off to find a man she can use for the experiment. Yeah, the man her, is the guy from Days and Confused, isn't it? Her executive, Ben Barry, played by Matthew McConaughey. 
who is so confident in his romantic prowess that he thinks he can make any woman fall in love with him in 10 days. When Andy and Ben meet, their plans backfire. That got a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 77% audience score. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I got to give you those deep cuts. Deep cuts, baby. We got I got Jesse from New Hampshire coming up here. Jesse is going to pop for this episode. I hear him now. He's he's there. He's got his popcorn. He got us multiple lists this week. Tell I'll us what it. Jesse delivered. First list he got to me, the very first, we're going to count all Jesse's though, was 50 First Dates, Wedding Crashers, Knocked Up, Can't Hardly Wait, Girl Next Door. Girl Next Door, I believe, is about that porn star that lived next door. I believe so. I did not look it up, but yeah, I think it was. And then Jesse informed me he could give me another list. And I said, please do. And he gave me Bull Durham, American Wedding. That's part of that American Pie franchise. Along Came Polly. There's something about Mary and 16 Candles. And after Jesse was done, the man looked me in the eye and he says, you want another? This is my genre here. And I said, baby, keep them coming. And he said, Zach and Mira will make a porno, which is a Seth Rogen film. Yeah. Chase and Amy, she's been on quite a list now. Beaver Pitch. This is 40. Hmm, that sounds familiar. And Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is 40. That was the sequel to Knocked Up that had Paul Rudd oh. and that other lady in that. Yeah. And that more spawned about that couple's life. Okay. I still got three more lists plus my own. I'm not sure how you're doing here. I got four lists and I don't have it on any more lists, but I did look up Annie Hall. And I think it's important to mention because this is more of a classic romantic comedy. And between this and Roxanne, these have two of the better Rotten Tomato scores. Roxanne, if you remember, was an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 63% with the audience. This one is 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 92% audience score. And hopefully it doesn't have the Bill Cosby effect because Annie Hall is about comedian Alvy Singer, played by Woody Allen, who examines the rise and fall of his relationship with struggling nightclub singer Annie Hall, played by Diane Keaton. Speaking directly to the audience in front of a bare background, Woody Allen's character Alvy Singer reflects briefly on his childhood and early adult years before settling in to tell the story of how he and Annie met, fell in love, and struggled with the obstacles of a modern relationship. Mm. Mixing surreal fantasy sequences with small moments of emotional drama. And it's just wild how that has got like a 90% on both scores. And a lot of these other ones are classics, but they don't nearly hit that level and when yeah. i looked up a list of the top 200 romantic comedies a lot of them were older it's almost like, like what you'd expect aj to give us like 50s 60s singing in the rain type shit well i'm glad you said aj he's coming up next here i, I believe is, did you just read that list though i'm getting lost in this i moment. just read you that description right I bring you alice davidson's list she's got roxanne mm. the princess bride she's all that sleepless in seattle and bewitched it's very good. And let's just get right to AJ, who's going to surprise you here a little bit. He's got Hitched, The Proposal, Employee of the Month. I don't remember that being that good. Whatever. When Harry Met Sally. That wasn't not- bad. It wasn't one of the better Dane Cook comedies, but it was good enough. I believe Jessica Simpson was in that. Oh, I thought it was Jessica Alba. But maybe it's Jessica Simpson. It's one of the Jessicas. Though. 
<laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, hey, finish that list, and maybe somebody will surreptitiously Google that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I already said it. I finished it, but I'll repeat it again. The last couple when Harry met Sowery and Notting Hill. I think when I look at this list, I think like Hitch. That was a Will Smith film with Kevin James, and I remember seeing that. Oh one. yeah, it was Jessica Simpson. It was, oh snap, son. Dane <laughs> Cook, Jessica Simpson, Dak Shepard. Andy mm. Dick, Harlan Williams, thirty-eight point four million at the box office, twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes score. Ooh, they got him! They <laughs> suckered him in that first week. <laughs> now you bring up Notting Hill. I had to look that up because I do remember that as a movie from the late nineties. And mm. Hugh Grant plays William Thacker, a London bookstore owner whose humdrum uh, existence is thrown into romantic turmoil when he meets famous American actress Anna Scott, played by Julia Roberts, in his shop. Chance encounter over spilled orange juice leads to a kiss that blossoms into a full-blown love affair. As the average bloke and glamorous movie star draw closer and closer together, the struggle to reconcile their radically different lifestyles in the name of love. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 79% audience score. AJ doesn't fuck around when he brings us the movies here. Hey, and before we get out of the uh, next list here, somebody might have been a little petty and decided, you know what? I think Dane Cook and Jessica Alba did have a movie, and I think it was a romantic comedy, and I just want to be somewhat represented here. And it was Good Luck Chuck, Dane Cook, and Jessica Alba. So they did have a movie together. It was oh, a movie. wow. But it wasn't the employee of the month. But that's where my head was at. So yeah, because Dane Cook was doing a lot of those type movies around that time. It was just before he started getting into the slightly serious ones, like the one he did with Steve Carell. Mm. But that was like prime Dane Cook territory. Yeah, yeah. And when I went to that movie, I remember um, girls that were just like, ah, I don't know what you want to call it, but they were just heartthrob over Dane Cook. They were like screaming for him when he like came oh, on. Those. <laughs> rats as the wrestling term i believe is called speaking of rats next up we got ann johns and she has sex in the city oh, poor woman. sex in the city too the princess bride knocked up and splash that's like a somebody's mom good lady and johns i'm sorry let's go to chevy who i literally hit up oh god probably like I hit him up today earlier when I was asking him what kind of pizzas he wants. I think I hit him up an hour before we did this and he came up with a list. This guy forgetting Sarah Marshall, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, just friends. I know that, but I'm blanking out garden state. I know that has Zach Braff and it was like an independent film too. That was a real good one. Garden state. Wedding Crashers. Glad he put that in there, too. What was that one I was just saying? We didn't know what it was. Just uh, Friends. That is. Oh, that's Ryan Reynolds is in that. Okay. He's like wearing a bat suit at one point in that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I believe we brought that up. High school student Chris Brander, played by Ryan Reynolds, loves his best friend, Jamie Palomino, played by Amy Smart. Yes. He yeah. finally confesses his feelings, but she tells him that she just wants to be friends and he leaves town in shame. Ten years later, he's a successful record executive and involved with self-absorbed pop star Samantha James, played by Anna Ferris. He still pines for Jamie, though, and when his plans to go to Paris for the holidays fall through, he retu- returns to his hometown to try and win her heart. $50.9 million at the box office. 42% Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing, right? Like romantic comedies, look at how the older ones did well. It probably started off as like a good genre with something different by people put in there. 
And over time, people just saw, hey, there's a market for this. And they just fucking put out shit as fast as they could, like a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's why probably like the 60s, it would be more a romantic movie with comedy elements in there. Now it's, God, it's almost like, I think of it like when I think of modern R&B, how it's almost just like a watered down rap where back in the day, R&B really had a soul. And it was almost like that black rock and roll, if you think about it in a way, or like that black mix of soul and rock and roll. And over time, things have really homogenized. But I'll tell you who has not homogenized. Tell me. Tell me. Of the show, tell me. Dave Fabe. He brings tell us a list. He's got shit. Sleepless in Seattle, Annie Hall, Never Been Kissed, Roxanne, and Say Anything. Oh, Dave Fabe. Bet he sowed his wild oats. <laughs> That's this guy fucks. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Fucks with us and the Working Fans Podcast. I see you in the comments all the time, Dave Faye. What's up, baby? All right, Scott from Voluntown. <laughs> fucked up. I've been saying too many people's shoot names on this show. I know, especially on the live show. This is a live stream. And he's oh, calling out all our haters. Got you, AJ. Got your ass. <laughs> Anyone watches this. That's right. By oh, Kathleen, Kathleen Wilson is like, voila. Adam Lanou, how are you? <laughs> All right, I'm giving you a lot. He's getting in his DMs. <laughs> All right, Scott from Voluntown. He's got the Princess Bride, Groundhog Day, Say Anything, Juno, When Harry Met Sally, and I had actually lost this list before this. And he told me if I lost his list, this throughout the Princess Bride five times, five times, five times, mm-hmm. five times, five times. So obviously, my man loves the Princess Bride. I actually like all these. Groundhog Day is one of my favorite like holiday comedies, actually. And Juno is good. Yeah, I love all these. I'm trying to think. Say Anything is a good one, too. That's from uh, the 80s. I want to say that's all those John Cusack films. Yep, the yeah. one with him. With the, the boombox. Boombox over his head. Yeah. Now I'm going to bring you the last list I got. It's from Jeff Lee. He's got Sleepless in Seattle, Roxanne, Trainwreck, When Harry Met Sally, and Splash. Sounds good. Let me just get right to my list, then. I got When Harry Met Sally, which I believe I saw this when I was a kid, actually. I think I went with my sister and my brother-in-law at the time. This is one of the first movies I saw. How sad is that? Sleepless in Seattle. Hey, this uh, is Clockwork Orange, two true love stories. <laughs> I saw that when I was like four. I mean, this is one of the first movies I actually went to in a theater. I was sneaking when I saw Clockwork Orange. I was <laughs> in that room. <laughs> Get him out of the room. Anyway. What the fuck, Dave? <laughs> 51st Dates. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, again, that was with Jason Sears' little pee-pee. And then Wedding Crashers, which I saw this movie with a girl I'm actually seeing right now, about 15, 16 years ago when this came out. And we loved it. And as it turns out, later on in life, we found out we loved each other. And didn't know at the time, though. We, we kind of knew we liked each other, but no one had the balls to say anything. 15 years later, after we both had heartache and divorce and <laughs> tragedy, we found our true love. Dave's living the real romantic comedy here. Five kids running around trying not to call them offensive names and shit. Every day, my friend, every day. It's actually not too bad. I was actually sitting in the night. It's like, I actually find a lot of peace in this relationship. I'm very relaxed. Every once in a while, this is as bad as it gets. Like, you'll be in the bathroom taking a piss, kind of leaned over, and you'll just hear all this running around and, and and you'll just sit there and you go, fuck. (laughs) About as bad as it gets. You just go, ah. Beats those days in the parking ride, though, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to Peace. <laughs> Thank you for showing me the love when I needed it, <laughs> even if no, it wasn't a healthy kind of love. 
and you might have given me something in my balls. I'm not really sure. The doctor says it probably wasn't because of that, but I did ask, and I'm still not convinced. Peace. I know it might have been you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what do we got here? <laughs> we got a uh, when Harry oh, met Sally has definitely yeah. been on a few lists. I think that definitely has to make the cut. I heard forgetting Sarah Marshall a few times. Mm, Jason's little pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> and then shit. What else? I got a story. See what's good. Remember forgetting Sarah Marshall? There's that scene where she starts to blow him at the end, and then he's like, "This stops," and he's like, "Because he can't get erect because like he just doesn't want to be with that woman." So true story. I broke up with this girl, and I ended up like dating this other girl, and then like I kind of took a break, and then this other girl tried to hook up with me again. I was like, I really don't want to, and then I ended up kind of just going along with it, but I didn't really want to, and I felt bad the whole time, and. I just remember, like, I climaxed, and after I did, I was like, this sucks. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, that's how bad I didn't want to be with this woman. Like, I literally had... Look how you made Dave feel. The orgasm, and I was like, this is horrible. (laughs) I don't want to be here. That's when I knew. I'm like, I'm never getting back with this girl again. This was a bad idea. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah... (laughs) What do you got for that number three spot? <laughs> Marshall. Whatever that. I'm not uh, sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. That sounds good. Now, Tom Hanks. This is going to be tough because you got a newer movie going up against two classics. What catches the boot first? I don't know. Wedding Crashers is my favorite, by the way, but I don't think enough people said that. So, yeah, I'll kick out Sarah Marshall and Jason's little dick. <laughs> Much as I appreciated it, it was funny. But I think it was more heavier on the comedy. But yeah, and the other two were a little more balanced. Yeah, and when you think of a good romantic comedy, I didn't think of forgetting Sarah Marshall at first, but it is one. It's just it leans more heavily on that comedy. Now, yeah, when Harry Met Sally, more balanced. Sleepless yeah. in Seattle, more balanced. Mm-hmm. I think both Meg Ryan movies. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was Billy Crystal. And Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, double check that right now. That I is know. pretty wild now that I look at that. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, when Harry met Sally, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, when Harry met Sally, Billy Crystal, yeah, oh, uh, and Meg Ryan. Hmm. Interesting. Is she in a couple of these lists here? Yeah, I would have to say it's funny. They ended up doing. You have mail too. You got mail, which was okay. Also- Big Ryan and Tom Hanks. But now, what was the one with that movie where remember it had the I'm trying to think they played on classic rock stations all the time. Oh, God, I can't think. I want to say it was from City of Angels, a romantic. Oh, you're talking about. Which also might have been Meg Ryan too with Nick Cage. Oh, man. I want you to know that. I can't yeah. think of the rest of the song. Yeah, he ended up, uh, he was an angel, like an actual angel in the film. And for real? Yeah, in the film. Yeah, it is City of Angels. And so what happened? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, you got, got me both that task and you fucked me. <laughs> so, yeah, so what happened there in that film, as we just totally get away from the list, Meg Ryan. I want to know what the fucking song was from that soundtrack. Yeah, basically, he's like in the Meg Ryan, but he's an actual angel, but he can communicate with her and they end up communicating. And what happens is he allows them, he convinces the angels to let him go on Earth so he can actually be with Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. 
Yes, even though he won't live forever. And the moment he joins her and they fall in love, like within the next week, she gets hit by a truck. <laughs> she dies. <laughs> That's but, why I didn't make a top three list. That's right, baby. I'm going to go. I'll go with a classic. Let's just go when Harry met Sally. Number one, baby. Set the tone. Guys, you know what the music means. When Harry met Sally, our top romantic comedy. Check back hey, next Crystal. week where we talk our top. We're going to do 531 sketch comedy shows. That's on December 21st. And then you're basking in that Christmas glow. You're like, we got a pregame for New Year's. You know what you're going to pregame with? The Working Fans Comedy Cast year-end special. Top 45. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs, at F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, like... Divide the washer and dryer. They look good and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in hopefully before we start selling them to fans. But that's F O U R 82 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast, Comedy Cast. And today we have a stand up comedian, author, and all around good guy. Thanks for joining the show, Brian Barbecue. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Wow, that's so many nice things. I wouldn't even say any of those things about me. I write dick jokes usually, but yes, it's great to be here. Oh, can I say that, by the way? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I should have asked that way before. You can see I'm not professional. This is no, uh, We're not Thank either. You me. This is rad. <laughs> Your book, it's the Liquor Store Chronicles, by the way, too. Yeah, it's a uh, thank you for plugging the book. Uh, it's been getting like a, I don't know, revamp kind of because it's been coming back up. I was doing like a lot of book readings. It came out like a little bit before the pandemic. It was about a crappy liquor store that I worked at in Hartford for five years. Well, it's also being like a touring comic. And it's just like the best of like the horror stories that you would hear there. And it was a fun, it's a funny book. It's a good table read if you're ever got to take a dump too it's a great dump read i highly recommend it but yeah i was doing book readings and then covid kind of happened so i was doing like some live streams with that for a little bit but then now that things are back up i kind of been doing it at the end of my stand-up sets which is something i was aiming to do but i was always doing like stand-up and then book readings like separately even though they were both funny and getting the same reaction i was like oh why wouldn't i just read my book at the end of a long set and do even more time so that's been fun to fiddle with lately yeah, we had a comedian on the show, too. He was telling me, I think this was off here, but he was telling me that he's got a couple podcasts out, and his podcast about his time in retail is like his best podcast because people yeah. love telling horrible stories about either working at a grocery store, a package store, yeah. or whatever. I feel like it's something we all can connect with for the most part. Oh, for sure. I remember when the lockdown first happened, I was doing like, it wasn't even a podcast. I was just going live and it was called Meltdown with me. And it was basically like, tell them why you mad. Like just people would zoom it, call in the zoom and just complain about whatever was bothering them because people were just cooped up and just hated everything. So I was like, yeah, if you want to just come vent, like come through. So I, I totally get that. And that's what 
my book was. They were just Facebook posts for five years. I would just post about it. And it kind of had like a, you know, similar format because over the years I would just, you know, was bitching about my job. And um, everyone was like, you should write a book about it. And then finally my wife was like, you really should. And then I quit. And then I was like, okay, now I'll do it. That I'm not in there anymore. Great idea. Get the hell out of there first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you get up or how long have you been doing stand up anyway? 12 years in January will be 13 years. I've been doing it a long time. Don't like saying that number out loud anymore. So you can tell there's that, but yeah, 13 about in a month. <laughs> okay. Well, just hearing it. I'm going to say 12 then. That yeah, sounds let's get it down. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, okay. Well, so what got you into comedy though? Um, were you a big fan growing up a stand up? Um, yeah, I mean, it was mostly vanity. I think that's why we all get into stand up. I'm like, I'm a narcissist. I want to talk about myself. No, I definitely liked everything that was funny. Like, I always liked, you know, sketch comedy. If you want to talk about, like, early on, you know, I liked dumb sketch shows, like, all that and stuff like that. I thought those were really funny. I would try and make, like, funny videos when I was a kid. And then you have, like, who your parents show you. I think that's usually, like, your first exposure to stand-up because no one knows what stand-up is when they're a little kid. But I remember my dad showing me Jeff Foxworthy and Dice, which is such a weird combo, but it makes sense. But I know for me, I would watch like the Comedy Central half hours and Premium Blend. I definitely like Premium Blend because I don't have a good attention span. So one joke per person was pretty fun. And then you could just find a bunch of comedians you like. And I'm a big comedy nerd. So I would like look them up and stuff once the internet became available when we were teenagers and stuff. Or you'd have like a friend. I was poor, but I have like a friend that had like, remember digital cable? And then they get oh, yeah. like Def Jam and you'd watch like those sets. You'd be like, this is fucking funny but in a way different this isn't jeff foxworthy so i always i always just appreciated anything that was like funny like whether it was i like movies a lot so funny movies stand up i love and then yeah i i'm like the opposite of like when a comedian's like oh i don't like to watch somebody that i really like because i'm afraid i'll like emulate them i love to watch somebody that i like because i'm never gonna i don't feel like i'm gonna emulate them i kind of just like more so like get inspired to find out like oh, this isn't on the table anymore. Like, I can't do a joke about this topic. Like, I have to write something better than this or something I think is, like, equal caliber. You know what I mean? So I, I I just love to just consume all the media and just laugh. I like funny shit. I think that's the way with anybody, though. Like, anyone that gets, like, into, like, entertainment or anything like that, you kind of just get almost obsessed, right, in the beginning, and that's kind of what leads you into it a little bit. It's like watching Yeah, everything. there's, like, the... What is it, Man on the Moon, where, like, you know, Coffin as a kid, he's literally just staring at the television, like, I'm going to be on TV one day. It's basically that. Everyone kind of does that to some degree, whether I don't think, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, man, I really hope I become a TikTok influencer or some shit. But, you know, you're hopefully like, I would, I think we all get into it with like the grand notion of like, it would be nice to be popular or famous or because, you know, we all are usually like coming from like the awkward person like in school or whatever so we have like that mindset we're all sad and depressed comedians but i think we all like get into like everyone like it depends like everyone like i have that cliche story of like my i was 20 when i started so my friend was like you should do it and i was like hell yeah it's gonna be rad and then it just sucked real bad for a long time but i was like oh this is still bombing still awesome like you can't compare to that i don't know that adrenaline yeah, but that's a good sign, I'd imagine. Like, if you're at the worst part of it, bombing, and you still love it more than anything else, then, yeah, why not? 
I got lucky because I got the, the like you need the delusion like the first few years. You need just like pure delusion like feeling you because you're so bad, but you're trying so hard. You don't even know how to write jokes when you first start. You're like, I've watched stand up like and you're like trying to do like someone else's material or emulate someone else and shit but like finding your voice but like yeah it's so bad but like it's you need that delusion of just like it's you you have to figure it out you have to but like i forgot what i was gonna say exactly but like there's just a something about like figuring out like i don't know you're just like because i got lucky like i my first time went well it was like my second time that was shitty so i got like duped in where i was like Oh, this is awesome. I did pretty good. Like a lot of my friends showed up. Like this is going to 2009 is going to be my year. You know what I mean? And uh, here we are. That's how people get duped into gambling sometimes, too. I think they win that prize <laughs> in the first time and then they're just, you know, why would I have all my money gone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, gam- it is gambling to some degree, especially sure, when yeah. you're gambling um, for free to do like open mics far away early on or something like that. Just like because you're just, Again, um, and it's gonna be good. Like, I'll, but you need that. It's good to have some sort of creative outlet. Like, I'm not gonna ever knock anyone's hustle because that's like the shit. Like, everyone goes through it. Like, hey, if you don't sleep in your car, I can't respect you as a comedian. But <laughs> no, I. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's just it's it's a grind. It's it's like um, it's just fun. It's just the the whole thing. Like, I don't think I could ever like quit. Like going around comedy i think i could stop doing comedy one day but i I would still like want to like hang out with comics and shit like that does that make sense yeah yeah you want to be around that was the fun part like the hang was fun like early on you're like oh friends (laughs) what's this like (laughs) all my friends are hilarious too this is great i was just curious we don't have to tell people obviously where you're living but (laughs) like you moved and when you're moving is that like you know, are you looking at the stand-up scene? Has that become part of the process when you have to move now? So I guess to for anyone that's like, what are they talking about? I moved from Connecticut to Nebraska, so that was super fucking far and fun. Don't ever do a U-Haul drive like that ever. I would not recommend it. But I did it, and it's fun. I love it here. The thing, okay, so... My wife and I moved here. My wife and I are both comics. We're just, we're loving the scene here. The scene here in fucking Lincoln is dope. I love all the comics here. They're super nice. And there's a lot of dope shit to do. We, we're coming from like rural Connecticut. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, I liked Connecticut as a traveling port because it was close to New York and Boston. And I did a bunch of shows out there and stuff too. But over the years, like I've toured a ton. I loved doing the Midwest. My, my wife and I, we wanted to buy a house, but we didn't know where we wanted to move necessarily. We were, you know, she wants to move to Arkansas or something. And there was a lot of, you know, where and what's cheap and what checks all the boxes. And then it just became Nebraska. We fell in love with Nebraska, believe it or not. Like, we just love it here and stuff. But I've always kind of loved the Midwest and like sort of that stuff. But we thought about the South too, but we kind of just... I don't know. At one point, we had to like make a decision and then just figure it out and go from there. But we couldn't have picked like a better scene to just jump in. They haven't. They've just been so welcoming and stuff like that. So I definitely did do research, but I'm also not a stranger to traveling to new areas. You know, finding the who runs stuff or reaching out to bookers and stuff like that from touring and just knowing how who runs things in similar areas. And Zoom comedy opened it up for a lot of things i know some people some comedians are 50 50 and 90 percent of listeners don't even know what the fuck i'm talking about but when the lockdown happened everyone did stand up on zoom and we all met a lot of comics from all over the world that and we still do zoom stuff it's still popping with like a mic with 
30 plus people every time we do it or something. But we met a lot of Omaha comics that we also just like vibed with hella hard. So it was like, that seems like a good scene out there. Like we should get out that way. Interesting. So, so even though I, I'm guessing it's obviously not the same thing, maybe adrenaline wise, but like you found a lot of good in the Zoom, like you met great connections. I love Zoom comedy, dude. I, like honestly, like between me and you live streaming, uh, <laughs> I really don't see the need to like go to an open mic, like in person, like really at that point, like I, I do still, but like, you know what I mean? Like when you can just like, if you're just there to work, like why not just do it from home? And like, if you just, it's zoom comedy is just like regular comedy. If you use it constructively, it could be very beneficial. But if you just use it as like an excuse for a social life, then you're not going to get the same benefits from it. It is what it is. If you go there to work, you're going to get results. So if you try fucking hard and do fun things and make it creative and like, especially when we were locked down, it was different because it didn't start with us doing like Zoom comedy. We didn't want to, we didn't know what it was when, when everything first locked down, like three days after it, my wife and I started a writer's group. Or like, we're not going to do a mic, but like we met every day for three months straight, basically. And yeah, we all, a bunch of comics just joined. It was usually like 20 plus, And we all just wrote for two hours and just shot the shit, wrote jokes, used prompts, stuff like that. Just trying to keep everything going because like when everything opened back up and we could do like parking lot shows or whatever the fuck was going on, there was the people that were doing the same jokes that they did before the lockdown happened. But at least we got to like work out from home basically. And then... Had some because you or you you could have like just done nothing the whole time too and just had new takes but it was untested so it, that would be like the ultimate adrenaline nervousness you know what I mean of just bombing basically especially those shows when everything first opened up like I never wanted to do a parking lot shows we did a ton of like yards and stuff like that and I actually loved those just being outside and like having that like sort of set up and just doing different locations and traveling to people but I couldn't do like the fucking people beeping at me. That's where I draw the line. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing a fucking set for cars. <laughs> I'll just do it on my computer with no pants on or whatever. That, that actually sounds like a really good idea. Now, let me ask you, you, this is probably a silly question, but I guess you must've been asked for it, but like the name barbecue, how did you come up with that? Is it something as simple as you just love barbecue? Or? I thought you were going to ask me, am I wearing pants? It's actually two, two years to the day I like, Change my name. So my last name is Bargainer. I used that for the first, like, I guess, 11 years of my comedy. Like, it's always been my name for everything. But my wife and I used to have a podcast called The Meat Slap Podcast. She goes by Ham. Her name's Ham Clancy. I'm Brian ba Brian Barbecue. So I was, I was bitching on our podcast, which is basically our podcast was like we would do like our our weekend show. We did it once a week. It was like these are all the shows we did. We kind of like talk about like how fun they were and whatever. And then we would do like certain segments. And I was just bitching because as you might notice, my last name is fucking weird. It's it's two letters switched and it's the word bargainer. People fucking spell it wrong all the time. Auto corrects a motherfucker, but people butcher my last name. They write like different words. Like, one time it was Brian Barbados. You know what I mean? Like it just gets like destroyed, even brain. Like it's just a fucking nightmare. I was bitching on my podcast with my wife, like basically like, I might as well change my last name to barbecue. I don't think anyone would fucking notice at this point. And I did on Facebook and not enough people noticed. So I just kept it. And then like bookers actually started messaging me like, hey, I didn't know you changed your fucking name. I was like trying to reach you. And I was like, sorry. Yeah, it's just like my pot. So I, on the podcast, I was like, but it's, it's, you know, with 
the Meat Slap podcast with Ham Clancy and Brian Barbecue. It then became like just a joke on the podcast. But then here's like the fucking final nail in the coffin where it really happened. The lockdown. Zoom comedy. I meet all these fucking comedians on Facebook. My name is Brian Barbecue. I get signed up on all these things as Brian Barbecue. It kind of just becomes the stage name. Some people still use my real last name. They would like ask some, you know what I mean? But for the most part, I don't like people just write one or the other now. And I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's catchy. It has a good rhyme to it. Brian Bargainer doesn't sound bad either. You can pronounce it correctly, but barbecue, you could just read it. It's just easier. (laughs) Do you enjoy the, the writing of jokes? Do you enjoy that process? Oh, hell yeah, dude. I write all the time. I mean, whether it's good or not is debatable, but I do love writing. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what it is for me is I love the craft. I love fiddling. I love trying new shit. I love the mechanics of it. I like, I'm, I am a comedy nerd. I mean, like you wouldn't know with like, given my like fucking short description of how I like, you know, my first exposures to it and stuff, but I really am like, I love the intricacies of it and just the way, like I love watching like, how other people host shows. You know what I mean? Like, I just love sort of things like that. I love watching like the, cause I know how it all works. So I love seeing how other people do the thing that I do poorly. You know, I, I was going to say, I do. I, I've seen you live. Uh, we were at a show and I remember there was a heckler. I don't know if she was a heckler. She was kind of drunk though. And you were really engaging with her and you were really kind of going off the cuff and i was like i that's like that draws me in like i like to see people like okay there's no way he planned that so this is like him kind of working and i thought that was i remember that particular lady which i hate to say this that happens all the time i don't know what it is i the way i talk i think i'm very conversational in my Mm stand-up so i kind of draw out the crazies especially like with that shows like towards the end so people have had time to get like liquored up and stuff like that so she was like those people are tough because they're not heckling they're just they're enjoying it so much they're like responding to you because you're drawing that like reaction out of them it's my fault honestly i'm too good is what they say no and so i remember her i remember the back and forth we had it was funny but she was like bothersome for a while but that's the thing is like i know my set i do a ton of crowd work but like (laughs) my wife knows i'll be like i hope someone heckles me because i just want to go off on somebody honestly i don't want to do my set i've done my set a million times or whatever i can do it in my sleep so and i didn't write it so you know what i mean but like i like that like not going off on people i was just teasing about that but i like when something unique happens when it's like this makes it a once in a lot like you remember me from just like me fucking Mm -hmm. with that lady you know what i mean so it's like you know, it's a unique experience. It's like right. you saw me do something like in the moment, like that was it. Like I can't replicate that ever again. I, I like that about stand-up, which is why I like never want to record stuff because I do shit like that. But you know, with crowd work, it depends. Like stuff like that, it is off the cuff. And you might have like canned lines, but that that did not happen with her. That was just a unique experience but like you can craft your jokes in a way where it becomes a crowd work bit too where it's like you have you know i i love all that how you can use the audience to like um say the things that you want them to say to get you to keep going it just it's like it's like magic man <laughs> i'm gonna hit you with an oddball here we're doing 
on our podcast, we do like little like top five stuff this week. Okay. This week, our top five. This is the genre. We were running out of stuff to do for top five, so we're actually changing the thing now. But uh, we're down to romantic comedies, and this has been a really love or hate. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Do you have any top romantic comedy movies? Well, since you're doing top five and it's romantic comedies, I think my number one is going to have to be High Fidelity because that's the most meta answer of all time. Uh, <laughs> ah, fuck. But then it's like, what other ones? John Cusack films in general, though. I mean, that's not a bad start, right? right. I, <laughs> I mean, that's where the top five fucking thing came from. Spoiler alert for people that didn't get my amazing joke. But, um, fuck. Um, that's such a bad genre. Yeah, dude. We, I, I, I have friends that message me. They're like, we're bad at me for making this genre. Like, like we ran out of topics. We needed. I'm one. like, what the fuck even is a romantic comedy that I've even seen? I'm like, ugh. Then I'm going to be like, hey, good luck, Chuck. Somebody said to me that, like, uh, knocked up. Like, I literally want to blow my brains out saying knocked up. (laughs) Like, someone said something about, like, you could really, if you dove into it, I guess you could even do, like, The Princess Bride or even Groundhog. I know what the right answer is. I'm not going to give you my top five. I'm just going to give you the only right answer. It's, It's the answer for me. The movie's face off. It's a very romantic comedy for me and my wife. When we first started dating, my wife has seen, like, a total of 10 movies in her. ever and i was like have you ever i didn't know so i was like have you ever seen face off and she's like no and i'm like do you want to see it it's like the best worst movie and she fell asleep during the first 20 minutes so it, whatever ha 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 we try another date like or sometime another when we're hanging out it comes up we're like let's try it again because i'm like it's really fucking funny and when she like i liked it it was ridiculous that 20 minutes like i want to see it again I just fell asleep so it's like okay falls asleep again and then like i think it happened like a third time then to the point where i was like you have to just watch the movie on your own and then like talk to me about it because like she would keep on they wouldn't even switch faces before she would fall asleep like, you gotta like <laughs> and she's seen it and now we've seen it together too but it's it's the worst movie of all time and i think that in itself makes it a comedy nick cage's act acting saying he wants to suck that lady's tongue all that the fact that they switch faces <laughs> it's such a fucking the dubs when he gets shot it's literally the best worst movie of all time the boat chase i mean come on dude i mean if you haven't seen face off at this point there's tons of spoilers it's been a while yeah i hope we're not spoiling that movie for you <laughs> everybody gets shot oh. guy's leg gets stabbed tons of stuff well how about, first off, thank you for your time, but how about we hit you with whatever you got promoted? You want to promote anything? Social media? Hit it. Yeah, you could find me pretty much at Brian Barbecue on all platforms, at Daddy Pork Chops on Instagram. If you want to see pictures of art and posters of comedy where I'm telling dick jokes, I don't have any ton, I don't have a ton of dates. I have a few coming up in January, but nothing pluggable really right now. I just appreciate everyone listening to this and if you are interested in my book guess what i have tons of copies for sale but you can just find me and message me and i may, i just ship straight up in like because i'm selling them live at shows now and stuff but never had a problem selling hundreds of copies like just people just message me and i ship right to people so it's super easy our we had it on our website but we don't <laughs> the meat slap podcast is never coming back i can't stress that enough it's never coming back stop asking a lot of people have been asking us our website's down. It's not coming back. We never checked our Gmail account one time. It was a fun podcast, but it's never coming back. So no plugs for that ever. 
You can check out my new podcast, Dump Party. It's pretty great. No, I'm just joking. It's a joke <laughs> podcast. No, just find me on all platforms if you are interested in anything. I do art and comedy and write, and so does my wife, and we're both the shit. So, hell yeah. Thank you for having me on your show, homie. No problem, man. Thank you. We might have you back. That's pretty cool. All right, Brian, thank you so much. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 